All right, boys, let's get this started. Hello, everybody. This is Juan Carlos from Welcome to OCR and Editor, where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people from the trail in OCR communities for fun, unscripted, and unedited conversations. Today, I have the honor of speaking to with two greatly people I admire, elite OCR athletes and runners I aspire to catch up with. And I'm also honored to call them my friends, Ian St. Laurent and John Looney. Boys, welcome. Welcome so much. Thank you for making time, guys, um, for coming on the show. I, I truly appreciate it, and I just am really ecstatic to having you both on. Okay, buddy. At least, you got to at least say my name right, okay? <laughs> it's it's oh, Loney. It's Loney, just like baloney without the book. I always thought it was Looney. Well, people say I'm Looney, but no, the name's actually pronounced Loney. Yeah. So everybody, I'm so sorry. It's John Loney. It's okay. It's because English is not your first language. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. That was good. Well, you got my name right, Juan. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be on your show and uh, have a good uh, conversation together. I, at yes, least I got, let's do this. At least I got one name right. You, you pronounced the French name properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, John, let's start with you. Very interested to find out how you got started in athletics and how you got hooked on OCR. Can you share with us some of your best finishes? Um, yeah, well, I'll start with how I got. Yep. I mean, for me, athletics has always been since I was 14. I've been I've been a runner, maybe even I think probably 13. But it started off with cross country in elementary school. And I had some success early on and, and it kind of caught the bug. And then I ran through high school. Uh, I ran through university. I ran post-university. Um, and then I got into when I was in my early 30s, I discovered triathlon, duathlon, and did that and took to biking like a duck to water and got into that. And then I went through the sort of 40s crisis about what to do and then became a master's runner at 40 and loved that. And um and then about six years ago, I had some knee surgery and was told that you're done pounding the pavement. No more oh. running hard services for you. Uh, you're done. And so I was in kind of a, a flux. Like I didn't know what was the next day. I, I thought I was going to be a runner for years more. And I was told that, well, the running like you used to do is, uh, is done. And so I... Uh, I got, I bought a bike and I thought, well, I'll get back into cycling because I had that base from triathlon and duathlon. And then, and then I discovered OCR. And I think I, I probably have a similar story to a lot of us, which is, you know, I went in a local race. It was called uh, Extreme Elgin and it okay. was 10K and uh, it was just a bunch of friends put me up to it. And it was a bunch of easy obstacles, but I was hooked and I, I won my wave. And I think I was third overall. And the, the two guys that beat me, people said, oh, you know, those guys are like elite OCR athletes. And I'm, oh, and then, but I was hooked. And then it just took off from there. And I was lucky that I, my second race was Battle Frog, which was like going from playing T-ball to, to going to the World Series. Uh, that was <laughs> that an eye opener, but I, but I, I, I did well there too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on about all the different people I met, but yeah, that's that's sort of the 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 brief history of my running. And of course, ironically, right now it's on hold because I haven't run since March. But that's a whole different story. So, okay, so Ian, what about you? How did you get started? How did you get hooked on OCR? And uh, share with us some of your best finishes or 
Okay, well, uh, like uh, John mentioned, uh, for me, I always uh, love running. Uh, when I was at school, I always partake in a few, few events there and there, but I always like to run. And instead of having a bicycle like everybody else did, I run. When I go see friends, I run. When I go somewhere, I run. That's, that's what I was doing. But when I joined the military, I, I, got, I got a chance, a uh, few opportunity to partake in some uh, military competition. And they involve running, uh, running distance with gears on. And, and I was doing pretty well on those. And then I, I went from there, I decided uh, I try uh, to do marathons and then did a few mountains, uh, which are military events, which I did fairly well. Then came 2012. 2012 arrived, I was walking the, the hallway of my work. One of my friends was talking about a race that he did that involved uh, climbing ski hills then and obstacles. It got me curious because I was kind of bored with running a little bit at that point. I was, I, I was not enjoying it anymore. I was doing that because I was a road runner. I was doing the same thing and looking for something better to do. So I heard about this story from my friend. Then I asked a bit more about it and he said, well, you should come do a race. Then I said, well, that doesn't sound so bad. So, so we did a little bit of training, not that much. I was in 2012. Then we went in Mont Saint-Marie, uh, middle of July. Never going to forget that. Noon, the departure the, the departure time end up in noon for the elite because there were delays in the morning. So we, we leave in the peak of the day. It was over 30 degrees Celsius outside. And we, we left for a 25 kilometer race up and down the ski hill. I will never forget that in my life. The sufferance oh. that I went through that day was unbelievable. But <laughs> um, fairly well. I did that. I think I finished in the top 10. Uh, but I was really hurting after this. It took me a while to recover. But I was hooked. I was hooked. I went from there. That that, that very first race, I, I discovered that it was shorter distance after that, and, yeah. and your race to begin with. And I went from there. The, the following year, I added a few more races, and that built up to where I am today. Now I do I, I, the way I work right now. I do pretty much uh, most of the Spartan races in the area. Do some in the west, in the west usually, and like to go in the in the U.S. to do two races every year, but mostly focus on the, on Spartan. And then, yeah. Oh, buddy, that's awesome. Hey, listen, so, Ian. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, I was gonna. You asked me uh, to get some of the highlights. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Go ahead. A couple of the highlights. That the most. The, my favorite one is a couple of years ago. I got my my daughter to actually do a race with me. That was in Stoneham. And uh, she yes. actually did a sprint with me after after our race in the morning. I joined her. We went together and we we did the sprint together, and we shared burpees, which we did tons of burpees with my daughter. <laughs> she missed quite a few obstacles, but then most of it, I want her. I, I made it such a way that I wanted to actually have enjoy the, the race, and, yeah. and I wanted to finish with a smile and say yes, I want to do it again. Well, she did. And, and we were set with, sadly, because of what happened with everything was canceled, but I got her to do, she was supposed to do the Brimacombe race with me again this year. Oh, okay. 2020, but now we're looking at 2021, hopefully, to, to race again together. So that was one of the highlights of my, uh, uh, positive highlights in my career. Oh, buddy, you've got a lot of highlights, buddy. I, you know what, you're, you're, you're an outstanding athlete. John, what are some of yours? What are two of your best finishes? I mean, I mean, you too, you have a lot of them. <laughs> um, well, I think in, in, I have a lot of races that are memorable, but I think for me, some of my failures are more memorable 
than the successes <laughs> in terms of like in terms of what I learned from them. Yeah. Um, because that's always kind of driven me. I don't like. I've never liked not being good at something. So in a race, when I came to early on in, in my short career, when I came to an obstacle that I couldn't do, that drove me crazy. And so I'd go home and I'd work and I'd work and I'd work and try to get better at it. So for me, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, great finishes. I mean, I, my first time at Tahoe, I was fourth in my age group there at Worlds. And, and I, I was I, Tahoe, I, I love everything about Tahoe, the terrain the place, the whole vibe, loved it. And then last year uh, was a whole different ball game. It was, for me, it was a complete disaster. For a lot of people, it was a complete disaster. Hold that but thought because I have a question because of Lake Tahoe. Okay. I do have a question for that. So don't mention Lake Tahoe right now. <laughs> okay. So for, for in, terms of, in terms of my favorite races, I think um, West Virginia last year, the North American Championships, yeah. where we managed to win uh, there great i love the terrain i love that course it had a little bit of everything um it played right to my strengths i made some smart decisions on that course which played out really well um and then probably i think i've, I've talked to a couple of people lately when they've said like what's your best race and i think all things considered um the spartan race had done true last year um that you were in there with me i yep. think that was my best like I was just, I was flying that day. Like I, everything was clicking. I sailed through everything. I ran a, a time that I think it would have put me in the top four or five of the elite wave. I beat all the age. It was just one of those days where, and it was really, it put me in a great place for Tahoe, but little did I know what was going to happen <laughs> like three weeks later at Tahoe. Oh, buddy. Hey Ian, I don't know about you, but I mean, because you run the elite uh, division, but in the two, and I think it's two, three times that I raced against, uh, well, ran with you, John. Last year in Duntroon, I know I was doing really well. I, 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 I won that division, but I remember you passing me and you just didn't pass me. You were like a freaking gazelle, buddy. You just, I saw you and then you were gone. <laughs> yeah, so... So last year, what happened is, if you remember before Duntroom, it was the there was a, a Spartan Beast in, in uh, Owl's Head, and I don't know yeah. if you heard the story. That's that's one of my highlights, but not a positive highlight. It's actually <laughs> I was uh, 20 kilometers in the Beast, which was only up and down the ski hill for 20 kilometers, uh, and I was almost done. I was second in the in in, in and I got lost. Yep. I did not finish. And no. this was a very humbling experience after three hours. <laughs> there was flags everywhere, took the wrong turn. Anyway, oh, no. so Duntroom, what happened was to be just after that. And I was really focused on Duntroom and, and I, I trained really hard and I show up ready for that. To do the, I did the sprint, which, uh, which went well all the way to the spear throw, which is uh, sadly one of my weaknesses in the it's the one who's always get me i was doing well but then then i got my when i went to the, the next day for the beast in Duntroom, i was really focused and, and and i went through and i, I managed to get a second place on that one let me just say, let me just say about owl's head i i've spent a lot of time with ian we've done a lot of road trips together he is an amazing individual who doesn't get mad very often but at Owl's Head, 
when I saw him, I, when I, when I finished, I saw, found him and asked him how he did. And I, he was, he was angry. <laughs> in, in his defense, within 20 minutes, he was, he had, he was like, whatever, time to move on. We'll go on to the next race. I'll, we'll make the best of it. But he was not, <laughs> take a lot to get him mad. I'm gonna love it. I don't think I've ever seen him mad. So, it's a good thing. I don't know. But I'll say this: last year, and literally, I got lost. I figured out that he made a mistake. But I don't know how many miles for me. So I turned. I remember I like, just too hard on me, so I turned and I got back onto the course. I remember you turned back and you cut up with me and you were so mad. Zoom, buddy, I'm going to be mad, you're done. I remember that shit. I remember that lost. I think I'm running my super. Very bad. Can you hear me still? Yeah, there we go. I can hear. I can hear you. But yeah, I couldn't hear Juan. Yeah, the sound got bad there for a second. But where did you lose me at? We're good okay, now. You're good. You're good now. So, there we go. We're all good now. Last year at Brimacombe, you and I got lost. There we and go. When, and then the both of us realized that we all, you know, that we were lost, and then that we took the wrong turn somewhere. That and we both turned around. So I got back on the course and you got back behind me. And But like I said, I saw you once again. You were gone like a gazelle, buddy. You were just gone. Done. Oh, I remember, yeah. I, I remember when I, I took the wrong turn and then I didn't see anybody for a I, I went almost, almost a kilometer and a half out of my way. And then I realized I wasn't seeing tape and I wasn't seeing anybody else. And I stopped and went, son of a and then i turned around and tried to go back to find where i'd made the wrong turn and then as i went past people that i that had already seen me they were like what the heck and i'm like i got lost i got lost and then i was trying to oh make up God. time and yeah i was not happy i always tell everybody you're not an ocr racer until you get lost uh, i mean it's part, it's part of the game it's it part is. of the game, right? So that's exactly. the unknown. And that's why it's one of the things that make this type of race is so enjoyable because you never know. You might have exactly. a very strong race and then you get lost. Oh, you miss an obstacle for whatever reason, like this future. And somebody bats you when you lose yeah. your ranking. And, and that's, that's why it's, it's make it enjoyable. Oh, no. And that's why I like, I love OCR. It's, it's my, my passion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for all three of us. But guys, so let's open up the discussion. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on the upcoming Spartan race in Ottawa, Red Deer, and Blue Mountain. What do you think? And will you be there? Ian, did you want to go first? And then after that, the same question for you, John. Sure. Yeah, right now, right now I'm, I'm, re I'm registered to, to partake in the, the, one in the, uh, the one coming up, Calabogie in Ottawa. I got the Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain, I'm, I'm registered for it too, and I got the, everything is ready to go. And I also got the Montreal one at the end of October. Yeah. Uh, the I, I'm I, I start training actually this week. Go back in training mode for Calabogie. So give me eight weeks of training, solid training. Uh, I plan to be ready for it, and I got my finger crossed that things are evolving in such a way that we actually able to do this these races because yeah. so far it's just been ongoing and off the rail ongoing off the rail so 
But I know. Yeah, I'm flexible. I'm ready. I gotta be ready to go and have a good time. The, the, one, the one caveat to this is I'm hoping that we are able to also have fun with the community. Not only go there, do a race, and get get kicked out of the the venue right away because that, to me, that would defeat the purpose of actually all getting together to race. This is also the people. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, but it all falls down on the hands of the every individual, whether it be from Spartan staff to all the participants, everybody doing what they're supposed to, um, doing what, you know, cleaning their hands and all that personal hygiene that we're all supposed to be keeping up with. If everybody does their part from now to then, I don't see an issue. And like you said, I do hope that we do have that community, that camaraderie when we all go there and experience that that uh, that that um that uh live you know face-to-face human interaction where we can all talk to each other uh before a race and after a race it'd be nice if we have that but right now it's like i don't know man that's a 50 50. oh i know that's uh, i'm realistic but i'm training and uh, i will be ready for it either if if it's happening and if it's not happening me and john we're still going over there with our our girlfriends and uh, still pass the weekend over there We'll meet at the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, John? Well, for me, it's kind of weird because I knew literally a week before this whole COVID thing started. Yeah. Um, that's when I, I developed my knee injury, which is the same thing I had six years ago on the right knee, which is just the meniscus is degenerated from 40 plus years of running on it. And um, so I knew. At right before COVID that my season was probably done. Like I knew what I went through last time. It's, you got to get, last time I went, you know, I had surgery and then there's recovery and then there's getting back into shape again. So I knew my season was probably done that maybe if, maybe I could salvage something in October, late season, but then COVID started and all of a sudden I, I couldn't get into physio. Suddenly, the fact that I couldn't run was not exactly a health emergency. <laughs> there, were, there was some other stuff going on that was way more important than the fact that John Loney couldn't run. Um, <laughs> but so I knew like, okay, now I'm like, you know, I, ha- I have no choice, but I have to wait yeah. until I can see what I'm going to do with this knee or if we're going surgery or whatever. So I, I've known for a while that I wasn't going to have a season. Um, and then in June, I got access to physio. And then three weeks ago, I actually had um, an injection in my knee. Where it's called um, it's a P, uh, uh, PRP. So it's plasma, sorry, platelet-rich plasma. It's Ooh. an experimental technique. Okay. Um, but it's supposed to be, it, it's shown some promise with my injury and some other types of injuries at regenerating tissue. And so that was three weeks ago. And um, so we're going to see if that helps me get back to running um and if not then i'll have to go the surgical route again so for me i i i've known for a while that i I wasn't going to have a season but i've done everything else to stay as fit as like like i told you earlier like yeah i could walk a damn fine spartan race right now (laughs) i could handle all the obs my strength is great my uh my grip is good all that stuff my carries are great I just can't run, and that's the that's the biggest uh, weapon in my arsenal is my run, and it's gone right True. now. But I'm gonna try everything I can to get, and I hope that for everybody else that maybe there's some races in the fall to look forward to. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm naturally not a pessimist. I'm more of a realist. Yeah. And and I hope it works out. But with all the other stuff that's going on and and how uh, how transient everything is from week to week in terms of stats and numbers. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, you know, we just found out today what the school year is going to look because I teach high school. What the school that's year is right. going to look like, and even that's a little bit up in the air and a little bit hectic. So I hope it works out for people. Like I would love nothing more to go to a race and support. And like Ian said, like we're going, we're going to that regardless. resort on that weekend, regardless, just yeah. to hang out. And um, if there's a race, great. And I'll go and support it, but I'm, I won't be racing sadly. So. Oh man. It's true. I mean, I, I do cross my fingers that everything works out and then yep. we can all just come together. But in reality, I, I as well have to think as a realist, like this is just truly too hard to imagine it happening, you know, where, where we get to experience each other, you know, coming together, you know, everybody and then having that human interaction and connection and talking before and after a race like we, like it's like we normally would. And not having mm -hmm. that is would really throw it off. But Ian, yeah. you said it, you know, you're going to train and you're going to go and you're going to race no matter what. And just, just, that's just the new normal. That's actually the new Spartan product that we have now. It's just, we have the race. It's just no more human interaction. You know, it's, you get there race and buddy, see you later. Yeah. That, that part would be hard. That's yeah. Sure. But yeah, like they, I said, we meet in the parking lot. That's where we're yeah. all meeting. Yeah, for sure. But hey, this 2021 is also there. That's not, not the end of everything. It's only 2020. Next well, that's, okay, whoa, whoa. that's easy for you guys to say. You're pretty young. Missing a season when yeah. you're 56 is like, like I only have, I only have so many more competitive years in me. 20, I mean, 20 more. Are, what's the other thing? 20 more, for sure. Yeah, I, exactly. I but like missing a, missing a season at 56 is, and I mean, and again, everybody's missing it. So, you know, it's, it's tough on everybody. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I'll do everything I can, but when you get older, I mean, you guys kind of know cause you're old ish, but you're not, you're not me yet, <laughs> but it, it gets tough every year. It gets, you got to work like twice as hard to stay half as good. It's, it's a lot of work and, um, I'll do it and I'll be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, like the clock is ticking on competitive athleticism when you get into your mid to late fifties. I know. And I don't want to start thinking about it right now. I'm no. very happy mm -hmm. where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, same, same, same here. Yeah. All, okay. I'm, I'm happy, all things considered, I'm, I'm pretty happy to. So, Ian, with you, yeah. how has COVID-19 impacted your training? Well, at first, uh, usually uh, the way I work is uh, I, when I train, when I, I got a race, I train, I, I go back from my race. And I usually, I need about between eight to 12 weeks to get ready for a race. I always maintain myself to a certain level of yeah. uh, physical fitness. But when uh, eight to 12 weeks come around before a race, I usually that's when I start ramping up my training. I do three to four weeks, depending on the, of the, of how I go. And, and I got a recovery week and I keep going until I hit my race. So I wasn't starting a cycle. Uh, then this slowly creep its, creep its head around. I see that in February and I see something was coming. So what I decided to do is I, I, I stopped the training as per, and I went on maintenance phase, cut down the volume quite a bit, but still maintain myself to a good level. 
until this week. Now I got, I'm about eight weeks out for Kalabogi. I'm at I'm a pretty, pretty decent level of fitness right now, but now I'm going to start picking it up. I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a three week block. Then I'm going to do one week of recovery. I'm going to pick it up another, another three weeks and then you'll be taking me to the race. Yeah, that's that's what impact. I lost access to all my gym and stuff, so I became creative with the the way to train the upper body. And and the best way the best way that I found is if you guys didn't do that yet, you have to try the virtual Everest with Jesse, the Saturday morning with Academy. Amazing, amazing. Cannot say enough good about this. And he just announced yesterday they're gonna keep that going too. And then way to go. So that helped me a lot too to get through through this. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I love Jesse's uh, virtual classes and his workouts. I love them. I mean, for those that don't know, uh, Jesse Bruce is one army, uh, not one army, one academy. Check it out. One academy in Toronto. This guy has the best virtual classes. His staff is great. He's great. His classes are great. Everybody check it out virtual. Um, there's basically a class every single day. So you'll love it and if you're in the ocr or it doesn't matter what sport you're in i think that if you do a course it'll keep you nice and fit so so that 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 that's one of the one way i found to stay motivated but also like watching everybody uh, what everybody else is doing that post on facebook on strava and that that just kept me going and i i introduced some new things i do uh, road biking and then i pick up the trail biking which i really enjoy do now so that that kept me kept the fitness going and then kept, kept me uh, ready for what's coming up. So that's what I did pretty much in a nutshell. John? Yeah, for me it was, um, yeah, when COVID started, I, I, you know, I already knew that I wasn't um, running because yeah. of the knee. But the, yeah, I did a bunch of Jesse's classes early on and that kept me motivated. And then when the, uh, when the weather got nice, I got, back out to the trails and I, and I created like a little circuit and I go around and it's like very sort of caveman type training. It's uh, I carry boulders and I climb trees and I hang from stuff. And I even found this, like uh, it's a, it's a metal, it's an arboretum, but it's got like this uh, metal framework over the top with drying vines growing in it. Okay. And it's essentially like, for those of you that know the obstacle stairway to heaven, it's kind of yeah. like that. So I go there much to the uh, amazement of some of the people that see me, I climb this thing up and down. So I have this circuit where I, I lift things and I climb over stuff and I, and I, I can't run, but I, I throw on my weight vest and I, and I go through this whole circuit. It takes me about an hour, hour and a half, depending on which version I do. And that's kept me sort of outside where I love, I mean, I love trail running and that, not being able to do that right now is really hard. And then, of course, when COVID started, I started to see everybody posting all these online running challenges. And that was just killing me because I was like, we have all this time now to do nothing. But those of us that run, we had all this time to do nothing but go running. <laughs> I know. And I couldn't. And I was watching people post like, I did this trail run and I had friends that were doing virtual relay challenges and like you guys were doing those 12 hour. I'm like, oh, that would be amazing because it would fuel that kind of competitive fire in you that wasn't being taken care of with racing. Um, and then I got really into the mountain biking thanks to uh, so Michael Ma, who's one of the trainers at One Academy. He's an avid cyclist. He's a 
He's a kick-ass rider. Um, and he mentioned this Don Valley 100K single track challenge. Some background in mountain yeah. biking. And I thought, like, yes, that is, that is what I need. I need a challenge right now. And so I took Mike up on it, and we did it about a month ago. And, oh, my God, was I over my head. I, I got the energy. I got the legs. I got, I got the will. I did not have the technical mountain bike. For those of you that don't know the Don Valley, it's about, there's about 70 or so what they call bandit trails. So they're not, they're built by different riders over the years, but they are yeah. totally unsanctioned by the city of Toronto. Big and they different. are not labeled they're not marked they're just they've been built by guys over decades and it is some of the craziest stuff i've ever been on and mike threw me right into this because i asked him to and uh i made it to about halfway of the he went on to do the whole hundred halfway I, i'm kidding you not i was covered from head to toe and i left a lot of blood and a lot of skin in don valley that morning and I looked at Mike, and I, after going right over my handlebars like twice, and the second time really hard. Oh, man. Uh, I, and I, I hung on for about an hour after that. And then Mike, I looked at Mike and said, like, I would love, to, I just can't, I got, it's the, 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 the engine was willing, but I was so destroyed at that point that I just thought, I'm over my head. But I've been training. And I did a 100K single track here in London last weekend. Yeah. And I told him that I am ready for round two. And I'm going to finish it. And that is my, that's my Spartan. That's my new goal is this mountain bike trail challenge thing. And I'm going I'm to pull it off. I do a lot of mountain biking. That just not with Michael Ma. And I know he's oh, great. Oh. I know the Don great. Valley one. And that, that trail is pretty tough but and like oh. you said it's not sanctioned it's been nope. built by various riders and but you know throughout the years yep i know it because i run don valley but the oh. pavement not the trail oh. but I, oh. I, don't, I don't touch the that trails are nasty well he told me we met at six o'clock in the morning yeah. and we were 15 minutes into the ride he says we're going to do this trail right now it's called the donaconda it's a double black diamond. It's the toughest trail in the whole system. And I'm like, Mike, I'm not, it's 620 in the morning. I'm not even awake. And we just floundered. and Nick Dalton came with us for the first 20 K or so. Yeah. And he just threw me right into this thing. And oh, there were 17 different ways to kill yourself on that one trail. Yeah. And I tried all of them. And it was, I'm like, I'm like 6.30 in the morning, I am over my head. But I was, I think it, it took us five hours. It took, he, he and I, five hours to do the first 50K. He did the last 50K in three hours by himself. That's wow. how much I was slowing him down. Wow. He's good. He is it good. It was an IO. He's very good. And plus, Ian, you've got some really nice trails up in your area. You've posted some nice pictures, buddy, and just some nice trails up there. I got to go check it out. Yeah, there's, there's a nice trail in there. Well, we got Badawa here where they, they, every year they do the, the trail run, the trail race around the uh, beginning Badawa. of November. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, it's called a fat ass uh, race. Yeah, I know. It's a different distance, and, and it became very popular. Last year, there's a, a group from uh, One Academy that came down to do the race. Yeah. And the year before, uh, Raymond Mendoza came to do the, the six-hour one. 
So there's that one, but there's also a place that's closer from you. It's called North Tumberland. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm taking J Prize there in a, in a couple of weeks. We're going to go run in there, actually. That would be something I should extend an invite to you. Hey, listen, I, if you're going to go, I'll go check it out and we go. And I know, oh, yeah, John can't, but he's willing to walk yeah. the course. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll come and power hike with you. But hey, John, you did mention something that I uh, that I was doing. I was doing the the ultravirus twelve hours. I've yep. never for both of you. I've never done any long distance of this magnitude before. I did the first one. I did what eighty six kilometers. The second one I did ninety four kilometers, and then the third one I had to uh, bow out yep. because of technical issues with my Garmin watch. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of issues going on. I don't know if you guys have heard. But, I've heard. Garmin's not doing so well right now. No. No, no, no. They, didn't, they didn't pay the ransom. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a Garmin. I got a Sunto, so I'm good to go. Exactly. Oh, yeah. A Sunto. That's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing those, uh, those 12 hours, but that became a tool for me. And I, and I just fell in love with trail running that much more. So now I actually, yeah. I'm looking forward to those long races. If there's no OCR, Marty, I'll probably get into Spartan Trail, or if not, you know, regular long distance races um, out here in Ontario, somewhere. Right. Yeah, but uh, I know that you like to do, Ian, you like to do your races, your long distance races. So, and you got some nice races up there. Yeah, but uh, we see when, when you speak long distance, uh, for me, usually I, I, I top at 25. Like I, I, for some reason, I, I don't know why, it's like I got fear to go higher than that on, in trail racing. And I never done anything over yeah. 25. But that's something I always sit on the fence. Should I go do these ultra? Should I not? But I yeah. never did so far. For me, yeah. the only reason I can do these now is because of people like you. The people like you, Ian, and, and you, John, uh, and two other people that, uh, that I've already mentioned so many times. But the both of you, I mean, you guys have inspired me. And the reason I can do this now, because I had to train my body from what I used to be to what I am now. It took a lot of work and dedication to get into trail running and just running on its own, basically, whether it be road or trail or doing OCR, just getting into that and training my body now. And so I'm at that right body weight. I got that, that, that strength. And because of people like you that inspired me, I'm able to do these races now without having those issues that uh, a runner would normally have. Right. So I thank you both. So you both have full-time careers and somehow you find the time to train and perform at the elite level. How do you do this? How do you find the balance? And before I, I, I ask you, Ian, you're also in the military or are you, are you, are you retired? Are uh, you still active? No, I, I was, I, I retired. Uh, I served for 27 years. Yeah. And I, I retired in May. 29 uh, last year just over a year now okay uh, i will be going back as a part-timer i just i just yeah. that's brand new that's gonna happen in the next couple of weeks i just signed my contract but uh, i was uh, i served in the military and i managed to train at the same time and i always balance both and balance family life that was actually yeah. extremely complicated things to do the best yeah. way i found to for myself to be able to maintain that uh, my training at the level I wanted is I get up very early in the morning and I use the morning as an opportunity to train before I go to work because I was yeah. quiet 
there was nothing happening. I didn't have to take my daughter to to dance and all soccer and all these things after work. So yeah. I never worked that way. So I get up very early, do my things, often in the dark, and I use my lunch time when I when I'm at, at work to to train. And that was, those are the opportunity that I got to. Uh, that's how I managed to do it. I was, yeah. A lot of time is pretty hard. Uh, your weekends also get sacrificed and and trying to train, but also family activity and and amalgamation of all this yeah, became really. You need actually need a, I need a calendar, the old fashioned calendar, and, and yeah. everything and make sure everything balanced and check. And I do yeah. my I, I managed to do my training for years. That's that's how I that's how I did it. Now now I got a luxury to have time, and yeah. I can train when I want. And where I was, I can go meet people to train, and I enjoyed it so much until COVID-19 came around, and everything went down the drain. Everything that I'm doing and enjoyed and stopped overnight. But uh, it's gonna come back, and I'm I'm positive, optimistic by nature. We they're gonna find a vaccine. We're gonna go back. Maybe the first few races, like you say, are gonna be different. But I am. I mean, the, on the positive side, that uh, things are going to go back to normal at some point, and we're going to enjoy the OCR the way we used to enjoy them. There's no way from back. Yeah, John, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I, unlike Ian, I like I wish I could train in the morning. That would make my life a lot easier. But I've the, the times that I've tried to train in the morning, it's just, I love it when I do. Like I, the whole idea of getting a workout done before 9 a.m. and having the rest of the day to yourself, like that, or or to get done all the other things you need to get done that's great but I, i've always struggled with training in the morning and i i gotta say like i've also struggled with the balance part i know when ian and i met we were both in sort of similar places in our life like we were both coming out of uh marriages and uh you know he's got a daughter and i've got two sons and balance is always a tough thing it was always an issue in my marriage that you know, the time I would spend training. And, you know, when, I, when I'm competing, I'm pretty obsessive. And, um, you know, I've had discussions with people about, like, would you ever run just for fun? Would you ever run, do a Spartan race and to just and finish, like, mid-pack? And, like, no. And some people don't like that answer, but that's the honest truth. Like, if I can't be the, the best I can be at, the thing I'm doing, I'm probably not going to do it. I'm probably going to move on to something else. So yeah, exactly. I think I've struggled with the balance part. Um, but yeah, when I train, I do whatever I can. I know that even when I was a runner and when I was a duathlete, triathlete, like I was racing world cup and like traveling all over the world and it cost me a lot. I, I had no social life. Uh, I turned down a lot of offers to do other things. Then people got sick of asking me like, Hey, you want to go out? And I'd be like, no, I got a race tomorrow. I got to train and you know, tomorrow I, I can't. And, and you get used to saying no, but in the end, the rewards are great. I, I can just think of countless examples of where I've sacrificed a lot of stuff um, and it's paid off with, yeah. with athletic success. And then it kind of makes it worth it. So I know, I mean, if you ask my boys, I mean, they, they love me and they love their dad and they're proud of what he does. But, yeah. you know, it, it, my training and my racing takes me away from them a lot. And, yeah. and that's, that's hard. And that's, you know, and I know I won't be doing this forever. Um, but when I'm doing it, I, 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 I 
sort of put my best self for it. And that means a lot of time spent training, which means a lot of time away from other people. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And you guys are totally right. Even with me, if anybody knows, well, I don't want to get into my story, but it, it, trying to balance uh, my career um, and then family is really hard. For me yep. to balance, when I started OCR, it was really hard because my mother got sick. And yep. so now trying to balance that and trying to train and find the time in the day or night to train, that's what I would do. And that's what I've done. And so now with COVID, some people hate it. Hey, man, it's worked out well for me <laughs> because it allows me now to train at full time to, to a degree. And so yep. I'm able to train good and properly and not have to rush things. I'm able to be with my family. I'm able to be with, with them and with the wife and, you know, um, our family and just be one and then be able for them to also join me and go and train together. It's, it's allowed me uh, so many opportunities and it's actually balanced my way, my life with my, with family so much better. Eventually COVID is going to be disappearing. And then reality is going to set in and then it's scheduling things again. When I train, I go five in the morning and I train up to eight, eight AM. And then that is my time with family and to do my errands and, and whatever else. But I guess everybody is different. Every situation is different in everybody's life. But, uh, but I think, I think what, you know, one of, one of the keys is, you know, I know you're lucky with Karis and and I'm lucky to have found, you know, my girlfriend, Julie, and I know Ian's got a girlfriend he's had for a while. And all of us are lucky to have really, really supportive partners yeah. uh, who get, who understand what we do and don't, they, exactly. they don't, they, they don't, um, they don't hold that time against us, the time we spend training, because they're doing it too. And, yep. and they're more than, and, and I think that's one of the keys is that you have to have somebody who doesn't resent the time that you spend training it. You know, if you're yeah. in a situation where it's like, are you running again? Are you going to be away again at this race? That that's, that's tricky. And when you have somebody that will do yeah. it with you and support you, it, I think that makes a world of difference. John, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know if you can see me smiling because it, everything you just said, it is exactly finding that partner that compliments you and then understands you and respects your not so much hobbies but what you love to do for in our case ocr yep. training and running if your partner understands that and respects that and does it with you as well like my wife yep. she does the same thing and so we compliment each other we do things together she goes everywhere where we go where i go or vice versa it makes life so much easier buddy so much easier sure does what about you, Ian? Yeah, too, I, I cannot agree more than that. Like we get up in the morning and, and we, we both go for a run at the same time. So that's how much make me because now I'm not a morning person anymore too much. Because I with retirement <laughs> I got more time on my hand. But because of the heat now I like to go in the morning, not too early, but still early enough before the, the heat rise. And and she liked running too, so so we get up, get a coffee. And then we go for a run in the morning because now she worked from home and we have the, we get the luxury that we can do this. Yeah. And some mornings, you know, like someday you don't feel to train. It's yeah. like everybody's in the, same, is the same way. Like some weeks are good, some days are bad. And, and when you have somebody who is motivated to do it too, 
then yeah. if you have a bad day, well, guess what? I just flip that day around and become a good day suddenly because you got somebody who is there to push you when you need exactly. it. Exactly. And I enjoy that quite, quite yeah. a bit. And, exactly, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. Um, during your race, during your race careers, what have the, what has been the most memorable or, yeah. Let me actually, let me let me say this again. During your race careers, what have been the most the most memorable races or moments that come to mind, either from an inspirational or humorous or humorous standpoint? Uh, you want me to go first? Go ahead, Ian. Okay, well, as you probably remember that. Uh, the three, three couple of years ago, Brew McComb, me and uh, Raymond running and, and yes. finishing uh, third place. We went, we, <laughs> we went for over an hour and a half, and, and after an hour and a half, all we can do is a tie for third place. Yeah. And I was so happy because the, when we passed that finish line, I Raymond been my good a good friend of mine and all I could think in my head is I hope he's not scored because I know how much the disappointment is gonna be and I say I, I hope I'm fourth. I that's how it is, but then I was hoping yeah. we're gonna be tied. And and when they, they review the they review our time chip, they they could not break us apart and we both get third place, but we worked so hard, me and him and he's one of my best friends and I was so happy to stand on the podium with him and uh, that's a, I think it's a moment in my career that I will never, ever forget, that I cannot forget, because that was epic. And I was oh, done, too, at the end. I was like, <laughs> totally broken down. When, when I crashed at the end, I actually trip on the fire because I couldn't even jump. <laughs> I was but, there. Yeah. John, were you there? Oh, that was amazing. Cause, yeah, well, I don't think I saw it because they would have been, I would have still been out on the course. Yeah, I saw uh, right there. later, but I saw the video and I certainly heard about it. And yeah, yeah, the video and it's like, yeah, Ian like fell across the line and Ray looked like he was <laughs> sliding into home plate. And the fact that they couldn't, the video couldn't figure out who won. And yeah. then we were talking about like, oh, they, they are they gonna make them split the prize money? Come on, that's chintzy. You gotta, and I think I hope. In the end, they, I think they both got third place money, which is good because if they had to split it, that would have been pretty. Yeah. But that was one epic that that went down as one of the great all time OCR finishes. So like everybody remembers the the burpee off between Lindsay and Faye in, yeah. in uh, at Worlds, but that finish between those two guys was just as amazing. That should have gone viral. I remember I was oh. right there. And I was, and I didn't know who to cheer because I love both of you guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> Raymond is not too far from me. I, you know, I love and respect Raymond and you. And it was who to cheer for, but I was just started cheering for the both of you. And all of a sudden, as you guys got closer to the to to the finish line, it was one of those epic moments. Like, what's gonna happen here? Who's gonna give us all that one last push? No, yeah. you guys went down. You guys crossed at the same time, and you went down at the same time. <laughs> and and, yeah, oh yeah, we were we push hard, but like I, uh, me and Raymond know each other, and, and and we know that we pretty much the same strength. Like we uh, we know each strength and, and weaknesses, but at the end of the day, we we're both pretty much at the same level. <laughs> we know we know each other yeah. well, so it's pretty hard yeah. when he's he's behind. 
me or I'm behind him. He knows that I can push and vice versa. So I always make for a really, really good race. When That race was incredible. I swear to God, man. It, I wish I would have taped it. It was just one of those races that you know you will not see again. That's how epic it was. That's why I will never forget. <laughs> and that did, that did go viral too. There was a... They 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 repost that in the on the U.S. Spartan site and that went over on the thousand view. Yeah, yeah, that was John. Crazy. How <laughs> about you? Like, would you happen? Like, do you have apart from an inspirational finish? What about a humorous? Uh, from a humorous standpoint, is there a memorable race that stands out in your mind? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Like, what was? It's kind of humorous to look back on it now, but. My, my second ever OCR race, like I said, was that Battle Frog race um, in, in Duntroon, actually. Yeah, it um, was. And that was 20, 2016, I Something think. Something like that. Yeah, 2016. Yep. Uh, and that was my – so I still was new to this whole world of OCR. I didn't know – you know, I'd done my research. I looked up some YouTube videos, and I knew, you know, who some of the stars were. And I knew about this Ryan Adkins guy. And when I pulled into the parking lot, and was walking up to the um, registration area, uh, he went by and he went by and nobody was near him. And it was like eight in the morning and he went by and like, that's arguably the best guy in the world. And he's out there racing right now and nobody's watching. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. Like what other sport does the best athlete in the sport compete when nobody's around to watch them? But then later in the day, I finished my race, and I did, I did well. I think I won the, the overall age group thing. But I'm walking around, and I bump into an old friend of mine who I've known since 2010, and that was, of course, Jesse Bruce. Now, I knew Jesse. He was running for Humber College, yeah. as was Lindsay um, Webster, when I was coaching Fanshawe College, the cross-country team. And we were very close rivals, so I knew – We've had lots of races together, and you know his his team and my team had competed against each other a lot. But I had no idea who Jesse was in the world of OCR. So I see him, and he sees me, and we're like, and I said like, foolishly now, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I was racing. And I said, oh, me too. How'd you do? Blah blah. And I said, great. And how'd you do? And I think he I think he was second or third that day. But humble as always, he didn't talk about it too much but I had no clue that he was like the man in Ontario OCR at this point yeah. and then I, of course I went home and did my research I'm like oh my god like Jesse has fully embraced this world of OCR and is dominating it and is amazing and so that's kind of how we reconnected and the other moment of that same day was when I was done my race I went back there were two platinum rigs that day on that race and the second one was incredibly difficult a lot of people got hung up on it and i went back just to kind of watch how people did i struggled a little bit but eventually i got it but i went back and i met and you know because you were one of them i don't know if you were you, you were probably there i met these alpha people and they were all <laughs> wow. in uniform they were wearing their yellow and, and black striped uniforms yeah. And they were around this rig. So there were people that were competing. And then there was all the other alpha people supporting them. And they yeah. were yelling and screaming. And people were failing, but they were telling them, get back on there. And I'm like, who are these insane 
help of people. And I didn't know that Jesse was the leader of yeah. these people. And then about three weeks later, I bumped into Cynthia Campanero, who was one of them, who's now like one of my best friends. And I bumped into her at another race in Hamilton, and she was wearing her alpha stuff. And I said, yeah. that's one of those crazy alpha people. And I went over <laughs> and I introduced myself. And I said, hey, my name is John. I saw you guys at um, Duntroon. Um, I'm a friend of Jesse's. And... And I just wanted to know, like, who are you people and what's your deal? And then I spent the rest of that summer, I think I did three of Jesse's Alpha races that summer. And I yeah. was set. And that, that got me, that taught me all the stuff I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to climb a rope. I had struggled with monkey bars because my grip wasn't that good. But that's where I learned all the stuff that I needed to work on to get better at this sport. But it's funny to look back at it now. Yeah. And these people are such good friends of mine. And then it was just, you know, I was really lucky not only to get into this sport, but to get into it and right away be associated with some of the best people. I've often said it would be like starting to play hockey and being able to train with NHL players. That's gotcha. what this sport allows you to do. You get into it and right away you have access to some of the best people in the sport. And that's amazing. That doesn't happen very often. You know, it's funny, Ian. Listen, I get... answer to your question, but... no, don't worry. It was great, <laughs> Ian. Have you ever done Battle Frog? Yes or no? Uh, no. Oh, buddy, you don't know. That. Because when I started, Jesse and I, we both met at the old course, and and this leads to Battle Frog. But we both met at the old course, and that's how we. That's how he got me into OCR. So. Battle Frog was my second race when I started. I mean, I didn't know nothing about grip strength or anything like that. I did a Spartan race. It was great. Then I'd go do Battle Frog. I remember going into Battle Frog, and then there's this guy, Ryan Atkins, that shows up. All of a sudden, he's at the front of the line. I'm just a couple of people behind him. I'm thinking, this guy's no match. But I was, I was a, like a bodybuilder. I was like about 200 pounds. It's like I'm thinking, these guys can't take me. The, 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 um, it, it was time to go. Ryan was gone, buddy. <laughs> I, took, I, took, I took a few steps. I'm already. <laughs> oh, yeah, was gone. Ryan was gone. And you know that rig that you're talking about, John? Yep. Hit Battle Frog. Are you talking about the monkey bars because it was so long? It, it was over water? No, no, no there were donks. Dom had two rigs there. There was like Platinum Rig 1 and Platinum Rig 2. That's right. And it was Platinum Rig 2 got a lot of people. I know like Cynthia spent, I think, an hour there. I got that on my second. But those rigs killed me that when I got to the end and did the, you know, because that rig, the monkey bars was so long. Buddy, I I got halfway. I would jump down. I I, I couldn't do it. I I must have spent (laughs) an, an hour. But I was so adamant I had to finish. And all of a sudden, people started walking towards the rig where I was. Yep. Everybody who doesn't know me is cheering for me to get this done. People are giving me those juice packets. They're giving me yep. orange juice. They're giving me Coke. <laughs> Coke. Even, even, even the, course, the, race, the, the course manager for that race came over and started giving yep. me a bananas. Here, have yeah. some bananas. It's going to help you. <laughs> buddy the wife was telling me don't give up so i managed to get over it 
with what, what better for monkey bars than banana? Monkeys and banana. <laughs> yeah, just makes that makes you just drink you need right there. And yeah. I still have <laughs> pictures, and that's how I I got hooked on OCR. It was because yep. of the introduction to OCR from Jesse, and then having to have all these people and that experience that whole that that whole interaction with uh, before a race and after a race, and everybody get to talk to each other. You meet new people. Yep. That's how I got hooked. Yep. But I, I, we all have the same, um, basically the same experiences, which is great. What about some of the struggles you guys have endured in your uh, race course and how you managed to overcome them, Ian? Uh, struggle, one of, the, one of the, the big one that I got is, uh, that would have been maybe four years ago, I got, a, I got an injury, a shoulder injury. And, and that's one of the worst thing you can injure in OCR, like other than the knee because you're gonna run, but shoulder, you're gonna do the obstacles. Yeah. And I got a, a frozen shoulder one morning, I, I could not lift my arm. I wake up one morning and the arm doesn't go up. <laughs> and uh, I, go see, I, I go see a doctor, so he got frozen shoulders and it take 24 months, up to 24 months to, to heal. Oh, and man. say, okay, so what, what, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Like, can I do anything? Can I train? Can I run anymore? Can I do anything? So that put me. I was pretty. I was really depressed for, for a period of time there. Uh, and at the same time that happened, and I got very sick too. Yeah. And and I did. Uh, I managed to go over the frozen shoulder somehow. I still have issue with it. I trained for it, but then I got sick. I didn't know that I was sick, and I did a beast. And uh, I, I believe that was Mont Saint Marie again. And when I finished, I was actually, I was green. I, I did, I finished like really, really far back and I was not feeling well. Yeah. Uh, then I, I went to see the doctor after that and then I was suffering from anemia, severe anemia. Oh. And, and uh, so that took me the whole season pretty much. I, I lost that year and it was really hard. Morale was, went pretty down because I couldn't train anymore. And that's something I like doing is training. I'm not doing it no more. Yeah. So uh, uh, friends, uh, friends uh, helped me a lot down there to get through to this tough time. And uh, but then as I, I became, as I heal myself and my shoulder become more mobile, then I pick up the training slowly. And the following year, I was back, and I was back in the in the ranking again, and uh, I felt a lot better, and uh, um, I was happy. I was happy to go to. Then I started meeting a lot of people. That's that's one really. I started meeting you guys. And I was before that. I was doing that. Uh oh, then a, a year. I forget what year it was. The, the, eh? No, go ahead. I, a year. They they organize a. Uh, they invite a bunch of people to go at the Lake Tahoe when they pay Spartan, and uh, that's when I met Jesse. And we all stayed at the same hotel, and then I met Jesse and a whole pile of other people, and from there just expand my knowledge of the community and then yeah. I get became friends with people like you and, and John and then so that's yeah that's that's where I think you and I met at Saint Marie, uh Mont Saint Marie. I yeah. remember yeah. going there and doing that uh, hill or that mountain. Buddy, um I was this color. When I finished I was green. <laughs> it, yeah that, that was it, a that was one of the hard one there. Dude, buddy, that one in Stoneham, I don't know what it is about them, but they, it's like they take my soul. Yeah, Snow, Stoneham is, is very steep, too. Oh, I did my first ultra in Stoneham. What oh. a stupid move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you picked the spot, all right? 
oh, I just wanted to do it because I wanted the ultra, the nice buckle. I didn't think about, oh my God, wait, the logistics behind this is not probably the best for me right now. <laughs> and so I suffered, buddy. I suffered. I remember, I remember when you did it, yeah. Oh my God, buddy! I never. Oh my, I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> an ultra. I never, I never crossed that that boundary yet to do an ultra. <laughs> no, me neither. Well, I do want to do the ultra at Blue Mountain and win it, but because the national Canadian national series is a beast, I may just be doing the beast. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Um. Oh, hey, we got to talk. So. John, now, <laughs> yep. one of your struggles is one struggle that I really want you to talk to me about. It is, it, to me, I, it, it's one thing, I know you talked about it and you wrote about it, and it was hard, it just heartfelt. But talk to me, in your own words, that struggle when you competed at Lake Tahoe, the World Championships last year, and I know it was a struggle. Can you share some of your moments with us and how you managed to get through them? Sure. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting weekend. I mean, going into it, like I, the month of September, my training had never been better. I was coming off my season couldn't have been yeah. better. Like I was undefeated in my age group. I won the the North American Championship in West Virginia, and then, like I mentioned before, Duntroon. I was just feeling great, and September my training was, I was probably the fastest, like hitting some of the fastest run times I've done since I was, well, since my surgery anyway. So since my mid forties, um, I was just flying and I went into Tahoe with something. I, I felt unstoppable in my age group. And I just felt like this is my having like last because the year before I was fourth. Um, but I made a couple of mistakes late in the race where I were, and I learned a lesson about, um, being complacent like I thought I was second coming in the last couple of K and I thought well just run to save second and don't run then I crossed the line I found out I was fourth and but that gave me focus and so I, I yeah. said next year I am leaving nothing to chance I'm going to be fit I'm going to be ready I'm going to have zero excuses and so I went into Tahoe feeling amazing and I had a lot of help to get there um, the year before I was you know I was hoping Ian was going to come with me and then he had some life circumstances come up and he couldn't go. Um, But so I went there this year feeling amazing. And then we woke up, I'll try to, I'm not good with telling short versions of stories, but (laughs) I'll try to keep this as short as I can. We woke up race morning to several inches of snow and temperatures just below freezing. And which is not what we were expecting. The last year, I think it was about 18 degrees and sunny, and it was beautiful. The swim was a little bit chilly, but it was bearable. This year was going to be a whole different ballgame. So we started off the day being told, okay, two-hour delay because they couldn't get um, volunteers up to their positions. They couldn't get uh, equipment up the mountain because all the roads were frozen. So they couldn't get vehicles up the road. So we got to wait two hours. Okay. So I'm, all my roommates were racing elite. So all we heard in the morning was two hour delay. So take your start time and bump it back two hours. So I think the elites were going to go at nine. So they were now 11. And I think maybe I was supposed to be about um, 11. So now one. So that's my mindset, right? So now 
get your head around one o'clock instead of 11. Perfect. So I do what I always do. I'm going to go down to the elite start to see my friends off. So I see the elite women go. I see the elite men go. And I know from that point on, I have exactly uh, one hour, which is perfect because that's my like warm up time. So I go, I go for my jog. I go back to my room to put on my clothes that I want to wear. And there was a lot of humming and hawing about the weather and are they going to put us in water and are we going to have to do the swim yeah. and what about other wet obstacles? Cause up at the top of the mountain, it was like minus 10 yeah. and windy, very windy because there's nothing to stop the wind up there. So anyway, finally, yes, you're going in water. Yes, you're getting wet. So that changed a lot of people's wardrobe. So this is where it started to go down. So I am I go down to the start, leaving myself, I don't want to stand in the cold too long, but I left myself 15 minutes. Yeah. I go to the start box. I don't see anybody I recognize. Now you guys know, normally around then, you're going to see all of your competition. That's right. I don't see anybody I know. And I start to get a little nervous. Yeah. And I go, I, I say to the official, what, what's this, this group right here? And I think she said, this is the men's 45, 45 to 49. And I'm like, that's not my, that's not my crew. So I run up to the start and I'm like, I'm, and I'm feeling, and I said, that this is, that wave's supposed to, what, what when did, what about the men's, because I was in the 55 to 59, when does that go? And she looks at me and says, that, that left 20 minutes ago. And I went, I tell you, I've never had a more sinking feeling in my life than like yeah. my entire year of training, my entire season of racing, my entire prep leading up to the, my trip there, the cost, the, the time, the effort just to get to Tahoe. And I'm watching it. I'm feeling like it's all just slipping away from me. Yeah. So she says, hold on a second. I'll go find out what the official says and the, uh, she gets an official and he says to me you missed your wave and I'm like well what what because there were some last minute changes to waves because they were worried about some of the older groups being out there a long time and getting them off the mountain before it got dark so what I didn't know was that in addition to my two-hour delay my group had also been bumped up half an hour and the only way they told us of this was via email or text now, anybody that knows me knows that I am not attached to my phone. And I'm certainly not attached to my phone an hour before a race. Yeah. I'm in my warm-up mode. I'm, in, I'm getting focused. I'm not worried about what's going on on my phone. Yeah. I never got the notice that my time had been moved up half an hour. So I missed my wave. So now the official says wow. to me, because you missed your wave, you're going to get a half-hour penalty. And even if you podium, it won't count. We can't put you on the podium if you missed your wave. And, I'm, and, and first of all, I'm thinking half an hour. Well, I know some of the guys I race, like, you know, on a good day, I, I could maybe make up a half an hour. So I'm like, I'm going to go. But then he said, and even if you podium, it won't count. So this is what's on my lap as I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm standing there. It's, it's he and I and this other woman, who was great, by the way. 
And they look at me like, what are you going to do? And I was torn between, do I go give it? Do I go back to my hotel room and cry? <laughs> do I just fall down here? Like, yeah. like, what do I? And this woman looks at me and she said, if I were you, I would just go. Yeah. And so I went by myself off up this mountain. And I worked my way through. There was a woman's wave ahead of me. And there was another wave. And I had just started going. And I was running on adrenaline. And I'm thinking, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do it. And then I got up to the top of the mountain. And things started to get tough. And I started to get cold. And there were lots of people that were being taken off the course with hypothermia. And all these thoughts went through my head about this might be for nothing. I'm going to take a half hour penalty. Even if I do well enough to be top three, it's not going to count. And I started getting cold and everything just started weighing down on me. And I just kind of lost the will to once the adrenaline worn off I, and I, and some of the obstacles started getting tough because they were covered in ice and they were pretty yeah. slippery and my body temperature was not doing well. And I just thought, you know, now I'm in survival mode. I just got to get myself off this mountain. And the quickest way was just to go back the way I came. And I went back to my room dnf and uh and tried to make sense out of it all but it was a very and lots of people had hard days that day like i'm my story is not nearly the worst one of that day there were people even in the elite taken away in ambulances that were pulled off the course by doctors who said you can't go on because you don't even know what your name is or where you are right now and um but yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a very, to be that ready for a race and have it all just kind of slip away. Wow. Uh, and if it was, if it was a physical thing, like I just wasn't ready, that's on me. Yeah. But I thought a lot of stuff went on and I, and I hope Spartan learned a lot from that day. Um, a lot of people questioned why they still put us in water when yeah. the temperature was 10 below on the top of the mountain. And they knew a lot of people didn't have, the proper clothing for that kind of weather. And I know you're supposed to be prepared, um, but I'm not sure a lot of us were prepared for, well, nobody I roomed with made it. Like my friend Bethany, she got pulled off the course with hypothermia and um, so did our other roommate. And so I don't know, but there were a lot of questions about that day and how it went down. And, um, but, you know, it's inspired me to like, you know, it was going to inspire me, you know, Worlds this year was going to be Abu Dhabi. You know, I don't know if that was going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a very crazy day for, for sure. And that's, that's about as short a way as I can tell that story without going into more detail. It was, always... yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to hear the story from your mouth. I mean, it's one thing I know you wrote about it. And it was, like I said before, it was heartfelt. And I, I, I think myself and many others, Ian and everybody that know you, it was truly heartbreaking to know that you went through all that. Oh, buddy, I, it was your year. It was your year. I knew you were going to win it. It was just unfortunate. It's one of those things that... A little, a little bit, a little side note, Ooh. too. A, a, a few weeks after it, I ran into... Um, Ryan McChesney's Bethany's husband at the gym. And he said, well, I was watching you online. Like, I don't know if you know, but you were leading at the second time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I wanted to know that or not. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's a tough enough day. But it's like, 
Yeah, I saw like you at the second time check. You were, you were, you were leading your your division, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian and John, of course, it's very important to mention that you both are platinum rig athletes and ambassadors, if I'm correct. Yeah. Right. You're correct. Yeah. Can you share with those of us that may not know what Platinum Rig is all about and what being involved entails? Uh, well, Platinum Rig is a, it is, uh, it's uh, led by, by Dominique. Uh, Dominique is a, has a company that builds all the rigs around. They used to be involved with uh, Spartan Canada. Um, I'm not sure anymore if they are with the, the Spartan US moving in, in, in Canada. But they, they design and build many of the other rigs that you see around, not only for Spartan, but for many of the other obstacle courses. They also build uh, residential rigs for people that want uh, that own property, they have space or not so much space. They can also make it, they make them smaller too now, and then they, they build them uh, custom fits for them. They are, you can also see that they also now, the schools are getting interested in getting rigs. There's a, Dom has been pretty busy, he's all over. All over the place, building rigs. You guys are lucky. <laughs> uh, what, what's in, what's entailed with this is a, is a, I'm proudly representing Platinum Rig, this organization in his, in his company, and uh, I, I wear his, his outfit when I when we uh, when we go to different races, and I race for for them. And there's also part going along with this is also bricks, bricks the the, the gel. Yeah. That's uh, a. Yeah. That's a natural gel, all natural, with uh, made with maple. They also supporting us as part of the platinum ring. Nice, great and these uh, great people too. Oh yeah, that's true. What about John? John, up in. Same question yeah, for you, buddy. That's one of my one of my. Well, as you can tell by now, I have lots of favorite stories. But the story of how I got involved with Dom is one of my favorites because when I started the sport. I failed his rigs all the time. And <laughs> I, met, I met Dom through Cynthia, because Cynthia Campanero was part of Team Platinum Rig. And uh, she introduced me to Dom. And I'm like, oh, this is the guy that builds all those rigs that I fail all the time. And Dom used to, if you know Dom, he gets quite a kick out of hearing people failing his rigs because That's he right. that built it tough enough. I think he likes it more when people fail than when they make it. But yeah. he, he would, I would talk to him after every race and he would say like, hey, how you like my rig today? And I'm like, I failed it, thank you. And uh, he would <laughs> kind of chuckle. But then that just kind of spurred me on. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't start a relationship with Dom because one day I thought I could get on his team or that one day, you know, we would have a relationship where, you know, I, I would be an ambassador for the company and, and he would help me out. Um, I just liked the guy and I wanted to get better at these things that he built. So every race I would see him and every race that I failed, he would get a kick out of it. And one time he actually gave me, he heard that I failed his low, his damn low rig in Collingwood and, um, and which I despised. And he, after the race, he was like, I, I have something for you. And he gave me this bumper sticker that said, I love platinum rig. And he knew <laughs> that I was angry about failing his rig because I was leading my race till his rig. So he gave me this bumper sticker, which I still have, um, 
But then, you know, two or three years later, I was in a position where I, I wasn't failing his rigs anymore. And, you know, we talked about like, hey, maybe you should apply to be part of the team. And I, I just think it's funny that I now am helping represent a company whose rigs I couldn't do when I started the sport. That every race I would go and like, out there somewhere is that damn rig and I'm gonna fall off it again. And then I didn't, and then I got better. And now, you know, Ian and I and, and people like Sam and, and Jesse and, and Benjamin are, and are, you know, getting sponsorship help from a company that I couldn't stand when I started the sport because it, it messed up every race. I did. But it's such a cool story. And, and he's such a good guy and he's yeah. so good for the sport. And I know he's doing well now with the home gyms and the school stuff. And, um, yeah, so I no, think he is a great of, guy. Yeah, he's great. And a lot of people are building home gyms now and he makes the best stuff. If he builds a rig for you, it's going to last for a thousand years. It is oh. bomb proof. It's Dom, great stuff. Dom is a great guy. I had the pleasure of meeting Dom with both of you in, uh, individually with you, John, and with you, Ian. Uh, but I've known Dom for a while and I remember I mean, listen, I think every OCR athlete has gone through what you experienced, failure in one of his rigs. I yep. have. I just, oh, yeah. Murphy, I just look at him like, buddy, you couldn't make it any harder? Like, you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, um, he is just great. The one thing is uh, that I wanted to mention, are you guys also involved in the 24-hour uh, this October with Platinum Rig? I, I'm not sure that this year if I'm going to do this. Like, uh, I was trying to put a team together, but I, I was not very successful. Everybody was already taken. You could have called me, buddy. I don't understand. I, <laughs> like, you could have called me. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But uh, that, that, was, uh, that was a while back before the, the COVID-19. That was the, the originally was supposed to be like in June. So I kind of let go. I, I, I just tried a little bit and because I, want to, I wanted to focus on Spartan this year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I kind of let it go, but now they move it in October, and uh, there's no point right now of trying to put a team together because, like we discussed before, yeah, I didn't try right now, so I didn't yeah. try to put anything together for, for October. That's why I stand. Yeah. What about you, John? Are you going to be doing it? Um, well, I, I said like I, I won't be. Oh, I'd that's right, because you can't run until I get my running back on board. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure Ian doesn't want me back on his team after last year. <laughs> oh, that's just bad luck, buddy. These things happen. Oh. Yeah, Those that don't right. know, yeah. I had a... stubborn, doesn't want to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> ten, right. I, lasted, I lasted 10 minutes in that race before I cracked my skull on a, on a, on a, on a one of Dom's <laughs> rigs. And it turned out I had a concussion and had to go to the hospital. And, yeah, it was not, I kind of let my team down on that one, but. We had to force him to go to the hospital, actually. <laughs> had to. We, had to, we had to order him to go to the hospital. They were getting him kicked out of the place. Well, when, they, when, I, when I wasn't answering questions properly and I didn't seem to know where I was, and uh, they decided that I should probably go get checked out. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. Really, that's, really smart move. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it that's took, true. eh? For you not yeah, to... That was, until, that was until like seven hours later I went to the hospital. I didn't... Yeah. So I yeah, I don't so I don't know about, about this year's race. Like I'm sure I would have found my way onto 
some team in June. And then I know he was planning the, uh, what he was going to call like, I think like a North American 24 hour race somewhere in upstate New York. I think that's right. That's been that postponed. Be till next year. That's been postponed. So yeah. So I'm sure I would have been involved with that somehow. Um, and, he, and even if I wasn't racing, I probably still would, would have gone just to support it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where things are at right now with that. So, so also, um, I may be doing it this year, the 24-hour. I do have a team I'll be doing, um, but that all depends. And because of COVID in, in the house, so many, uh, you know, the Spartan races now going, they're all pushed into September, October, making it yep. really hard. And with, you know, I have also other engagements that I have, you know, responsibilities that I have to attend to. It's like... I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be doing it. It all depends. And so hopefully, knock on wood, that I have a chance I can go do it. Because I told Dom that, listen, buddy, I want to go do your races. I want, to go, I want you to see me uh, be successful at your rigs. I don't want to fail. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, the format is amazing. Like, what he puts together, like, what he put together last year was amazing like the format of rolling obstacles. Some are open and some are closed. And yeah. if you ask Ian, because Ian ran – he was our first runner and uh, you know, he's at the start line and all of a sudden Dom threw them uh, like, you know, get ready for your first lap, which they thought was going to be lightning fast. And then he said, Whoa, Whoa, wait a second. Everybody grab a wreck bag. <laughs> and I was like, Oh geez. But yeah, but Dom is Dom. a master. He's a master of surprise. And yeah, he's a that sneaky event guy. For a first time 24 hour race, he did such an, him and his whole crew did yeah. such an amazing job. But, but wouldn't yeah. you guys agree that this guy is sneaky in a good way? He, like he's sneaky. Like he, you see him building any. Like you see him building rigs. Doesn't matter whether it's the world or when he was doing the Spartan or whatever. He when he builds something, he's got this look like something's up. But he builds it, and all of a sudden, before the end, before the race starts, numerous hours, he's very sneaky. He changes things around. He likes to throw people off their game. Yeah, and, and, and what he did too last year, what I really enjoyed about that 24 hours is actually the obstacles were not overly hard. They were, they were achievable for, for most of the people, which was the aim of it. So that was, that, was a, that, that was great for all the teams. They could enjoy like doing all the obstacles. There were some more challenging ones, but they were not opening them all the time. So you, yeah. could, you had the opportunity to switch your team members when they opened the hard one, get the right person on. It yeah, was a, exactly. It was pretty well, well, yep. well taught race. Yeah, no, yep. he's a he's a very sneaky person when it comes to his rigs and in in, in in race courses. But I've had the opportunity at a couple of races to help him set the court, like set the rig up in the morning. Yeah. Like the actual, you know, combination of uh, you know handles and grips and stuff, and it's neat to watch his mind. He'll put something in place and then go, no, that's too easy. And then he'll change it. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 fun to, it's fun to watch. And how do you know he's being sneaky? It's that smile of his. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know what it is about his smile, but it's so sneaky and conniving sometimes. It's like, this guy is up to no good. And so I better be on my game when I do his rigs. Well, don't even don't even waste your time asking him before a race. Like, if you say like, "What what have you got out there for us today on the rig?" He won't tell you. He'll just no. say like, "You know, you have to wait till you get there. You'll see." And you know, you know, oh, yeah, that's, with that's that good. smile. 
Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Always. He's a guy, he's a guy who loves what he does and he's good at what he does. And yeah, he's got a lot of energy for what he does. So. Um, Ian, is there any, anything else, either of you, John, you guys want to mention maybe you guys, you, anything that you guys maybe have something coming up? Or? Uh, no, not too much. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, we're going to have a season or maybe a race, even a race twenty. <laughs> but if not, like, uh, we, uh, we'll be ready for the next season. And then yeah. we're still, still going to train and uh, meet with John there soon. Looking forward to it in the next uh, month and a half there. Get together and have some fun, you yeah. know, yep. whether we race or not. But other than that, there's uh, really nothing, nothing special coming up for me. But for me, there is because I'm trying to debate which ones I'm going to be doing elite. So, buddy, we'll be running together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've been training my. uh, I know know why. I'm watching you. This is This is not PG, but uh, I've been I've been training my ass off with my with my running, uh, short and long, and so I cannot wait because eventually I want to move up to elite. I think I did enough damage in my age group, but I want to move up to elite now. And, and not only this is uh you should you should do it soon because uh, we, we're getting older buddy like no, seriously. <laughs> again <laughs> don't wait too long no but uh you know what who told me the same thing Mick uh gerolo uh gerolo uh, yeah Mick, same yeah. thing buddy you better hurry up buddy you make make your decision quick because you're not getting any younger mm-hmm. <laughs> he is correct and i just looked at him and said thanks buddy <laughs> um, any shout outs you guys want to do? Go ahead, John. Oh, well, obviously I think I'll, I'll I think I'll start with Julie cuz uh Julie has been she's been a huge supporter of mine and we've been uh it's it's weird to be like my age and still use the word girlfriend but I mean I guess that that's what she is and um <laughs> what what terminology aside so it's yeah, she's been uh, just great and so supportive, and she does Spartan racing as well. And um, awesome, man. it's really helped me feel like this COVID stuff was a little bit easier to deal with uh, with her. And, you know, she's been really supportive. I mean, she bought herself a kick-ass mountain bike as well. And uh, so we do a lot of biking together, and she's inspiring me to keep training and get better at the bike. She knows me. Like, she knows that, like, once you start riding that bike, you're going to start looking at races to go in and you're going to want to know who are the best masters bike racers in the province. And you're going to want to go and beat them. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but she'll, she'll support me in that too. And um, yeah, we're both trying to get through this as best we can. She's an elementary teacher. So she's worried about what the fall is going to look. Like. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm worried about what the fall and um but in the meantime we just kind of keep training and and try to be as fit and as ready as possible for whatever comes up awesome how about you ian a couple uh first i'm gonna do the same uh, shout out to my my girlfriend petra that's really supportive she she knows who i am what i stand for for what's come down to ocr and she's extremely supportive and she's that motivate me especially in the last four months she's been there like every morning when uh when I'm not that motivated, she's always there to push me, and that's working good. I'm pretty that's happy about this. But also, I have to uh, give a shout out to Jesse. That uh, Jesse Bruce is is right now with the the virtual. Uh, what he's got going on virtual with one of the academies is actually expanding the horizon of uh, the reach of 
for OCR and, and yep. all these other type of racing around. He's reaching people all over the place, not only in this country, but reaching far outside the country now. And, and it is a great, great thing that he's doing. Yeah, I agree. No. Yep. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I think what he's doing is a great thing. And uh, he wants to reach not only everybody in Canada, but abroad. And so he's doing a great job. And I think all three of us, we commend him for that. His determination and drive to making that place succeed, one academy succeed, is, is just, it's great to see. And I love, uh, I love him and I love you guys. You guys are the best. Now, if people are looking to find out more about you guys, where can they go and uh, get a hold of you both? Uh, you, John. Any, anybody that wants to drive to London, I will be more than happy to, uh, to meet them and hang around with them, practicing. Meet at Tim Hortons. Yeah, any, Tim, any nearby Tim Hortons. I don't, I don't have a huge social media profile. I mean, I'm on Instagram at john.loney.712, whatever the heck that means, um, and Facebook. And that, but that's about it. I don't, I'm not a big – I don't post a lot of stuff. But hey, I'm, I'm, as you can tell from this podcast, I love talking OCR. I love talking with anybody that's a good conversationalist. And that's, you know, that's why I like you, JC. That's why I like Ian. Like, you know, I met you oh, guys. Awesome. There are people that I like right when I meet them and that you are two of them. Oh, buddy. I love you guys. And uh, just to add to that, John, so, if, if, you know, to the audience eventually this will be posted and so you will have your chance on either on facebook or on instagram when you see the videos that you can also ask your questions there and then these two lovely gentlemen will be able to see that and then respond to you so oh, how, yeah. about, how about you ian uh well if you want to uh to come have a chat in person you can find me in lovely belleville <laughs> ontario so, but, uh, real. hour and a half from toronto uh, but I'm also on Instagram at uh, Saint Laurent Ian, and uh, on Facebook. You can uh, oh, yeah. the easiest way is find me on Facebook, and you can uh, message me if you have questions, and I gladly answer. Oh, buddy, of course, buddy. Um, you know, John, when before we started recording, um, you were telling the story where you were climbing up a tree, oh. and <laughs> it's fortunate that below. Somebody came in. You know what? I won't say much. I'll let you start and finish it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, one of the things I've been doing to, to, get, to uh, get through this COVID thing is I've, I've found like a little training route on a little trail system here in London. And I, I start, I park my car and I put on my weight vest and I pick up this boulder. Now, as a side story, somebody took my boulder. I've been using this same boulder for like four months. And this week, somebody took it. I don't know who takes a boulder or what they did with it, but that was my boulder, that boulder and I. It was like my Wilson from, like, Castaway. That was, like, my boulder, and we've spent a lot of time. Somebody took it. So I put on my vest, I put on my boulder, and I go hike this trail. And I stop, and I do push-ups, and I have trees that I, that I can do pull-ups on. And I stop and I do a log flip and, um, and I come to this tree and it's a big old pine tree and it looks like it was designed for climbing. It's just the branches are perfectly spaced yeah. and it's very tall. It's, it's a good sized tree and I climb it. I climb this tree about four or five times a week and I can go up about 60 feet before it gets a little sketchy. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> I go up there, and one time I was up, not right to the top, but about 40 feet up. And I heard through the woods, because you could hear all the branches crunching, somebody walking towards the tree, which is very weird because it's a, tr it's a trail that not many people know. And I look down and I see a woman walking towards the base of the tree. And I'm like, <laughs> has she heard me? Is she checking out where the noise came from? And I'm, and I'm literally over top and I look down and I see, no, she is stopping to go to the bathroom. Oh my. <laughs> the base of my tree. Now my dilemma is, do I let her know I'm here or do I just stay quiet as I possibly can? Because if I make a noise while she's doing her thing, she's going to freak out. So I just try to cover my mouth, don't move, don't crack a branch, don't drop anything, and just let her go. So she finishes, and she just goes away, and then I, I came down. But that, that, I have lots of these funny moments where people will find me in the trail with a weight vest on, carrying a boulder, and they wonder what I'm doing, or I'm flipping this log up a set of stairs, oh, and then they stop and like, what do you, and usually I just say, hey, gyms are closed, you gotta improvise, man. And uh, yeah, wow. that's my uh, tree story. Well, before we end this, I think everybody learned that when you go to the woods, please look up before look you go up. to the washrooms. Look I up the trees. You don't know who's up there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you might see my, my good friend up here, up yeah. there, looking down at you. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's that time. Thank you so much. Guys, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you both today. I look forward to running after you at the next race. But most importantly, guys, thank you for making the time to be here on the show, to speak with me, to talk about your, just everything. It, it was just a truly great, great conversation with the both of you guys. John, Ian, thank you so much. Um, have yourselves a lovely night, and I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you. Thanks for all you're doing for the sport, buddy. Thanks. Good to see you, even if it's like this, and good to see my buddy Ian. I, yeah. miss, I miss our road trips. I miss all our conversations, but uh, we'll be back at it soon enough. Yeah, boys, I miss your faces. And uh, okay, well, that's uh, all the time that we have, guys. <laughs> have right. yourselves a good night, guys. Good all right. Night, all right. Take care, guys. Bye.